Javelin Strategy and Research has just released a consumer data insecurity report. What is it that consumers are insecure about, and what should organizations be doing to address these insecurities? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. It's my pleasure to be speaking today with Al Pasquale. He's a senior analyst with Fraud and Security with Javelin Strategy and Research. Al, thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely. To start with, why don't you tell me a little bit about this survey, Al, and the premise behind it. What was it you were seeking to find with this report? Well, Javelin's really been looking at the issue of uh, data breaches and how they relate to identity fraud for the past several years. What we were trying to understand here uh, was how it affected uh, victims specifically. So we went out and uh, we surveyed fraud victims, and we also looked at those fraud victims who had suffered a data breach. Speaking with them and learning about their experiences, you know, we came to understand uh, the decisions that they made you know, after they were victimized, um, who they were holding responsible, uh, and then who they expected to be able to uh, remediate the issue for them or at least uh, help protect them. It is really interesting, especially in looking at the differences between four major metropolitan areas because we, uh, we took a look at Chicago, Minneapolis, Miami, and Los Angeles, and while overall there were some clear trends that kind of matched our national data, uh, there were some uh, individual experiences uh, within those locations that were very different and unique. Al, why did you happen to choose those four particular regions? And give us some information as well on the organization you partnered with to do this research. Well, we actually partnered with the National Consumers League, and their goal is to motivate a political dialogue. And, you know, to that end, you know, we chose cities where we thought the message would have an impact with legislators, uh, not to mention the fact that these cities, you know, are in different parts of the country. So I guess it's kind of a regional feel as well uh, to the fraud experience and, and how that relates to data breaches. Okay, let's talk about some of the findings. What are the types of incidents that you found that the respondents have been impacted by? Much like our national data, you know, we found that the majority of the uh, victims in this report had suffered card fraud, or what we call existing card fraud. Not a huge surprise to anyone who's been you know, paying attention to the news you know, with all the data breaches that are going on. Uh, it really is that card data which has so much value. Um, that is the information within this survey that was compromised most often and also within previous surveys. And it's nice to see that data continue to bear out you know, every time that we go out to the field to collect this information. But it should be very telling as well for businesses that store and transmit this information that that's really that's what's being followed. That's what's being used to commit fraud, and that was no different you know, for any of these victims. So tell me a bit about the damage was, that was done here. Do you find, speaking to the consumers, you get a different perspective than when you talk to the breached organizations as you typically do? Absolutely. The concern that we've seen and uh, expressed now for quite a while among businesses was not so much about uh, what it means for their bottom line, at least not from a revenue perspective, but rather legal liability, um, having to remediate the breach, costs related to pro- providing identity protection. What uh, we've been informed by uh, recently from our 
uh, research, you know, around consumers was that there are ancillary effects uh, related to consumer trust that uh, these folks who are being victimized, right, they're being victimized once because of the data breach and very often victimized again because of subsequent fraud related to the data breach, they're holding the businesses where the breach occurs responsible. I mean, their trust is being diminished, you know, in these businesses. They honestly feel like uh, those businesses let them down. And as a result, it, it affects whether or not they're going to show up the next day um, or the next week, month, or year and you know, patronize your business again. Now, one of the things we always talk about in financial services is that the banks end up taking a lot of blame here because they're the ones that end up replacing cards and often notifying the customers about the breach. Do the consumers blame their financial institutions as well? They do. I mean, they they place blame pretty broadly. It's interesting because uh, the, the difference that a year makes. Uh, last year, we collected some data just prior to the target breach, and consumers were convinced that the financial industry was a source of the majority of data breaches, you know, specifically banks and credit card issuers. Immediately after the target breach, you know, when we started collecting the information for National Consumers League, there was a marked shift. Consumers then said, hey, it's retailers, you know, where all these breaches are occurring, you know, not, not necessarily the financial industry. So all the media attention, the awareness level of consumers has grown you know, significantly uh, since then. But that's not to say that they let financial institutions off the hook. You know, if you know, a financial institution has been breached, you know, then they are going to experience a diminished level of trust, not quite to the same degree, you know, as, uh, let's say, retailers, right? Just to kind of give you an example, twice as many fraud victims where their information breached in a financial institution feel that they have suffered a reduced level of trust or they trust the bank less than those who had their information um, you know, breached at a retailer. There's, a, I think, a certain degree of stickiness involved when it comes to um, financial relationships, right? Consumers can much more easily, you know, walk across the street to buy a pack of gum than they can simply up and change uh, bank accounts. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, consumers may not take some of their business elsewhere, but banks are still being affected by this. That sounds like what you're saying is that Target actually was good PR for the banks. Uh, you, to a degree. Um, I don't know if this is going to continue to be the case. And we had a lot of talk the other day about breach fatigue. You know, if this is going to be something that consumers hear about every day, and you know, they may kind of throw up their arms. You know, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. But you know, over the past year, perceptions have changed to the benefit of uh, of the financial institutions. Let's talk about consumers' expectations. What is it that they want from the organizations they do business with, from their financial institutions, and even from their government agencies? Well, you know, a half of the victims, well, better than half, about 52% of the victims believe that, you know, businesses and organizations should be held accountable after a data breach. Now, I would say that financial institutions really don't fare any better, right? And about 48% of those same victims said, hey, if there's a data breach at a financial institution, you know, they should be held accountable as well. What I think the real takeaway here was these fraud victims, data breach victims, they expected the government to play a significant role. 70% actually believe that the federal government should be responsible for setting data security standards for businesses. Right, regardless of the industry, so uh, we do have some you know standards in place, especially in the financial industry. But you know, if you look at NIST standards, for example, you know they are uh, voluntary, right? For private organizations, they're not mandatory. So it almost seems like consumers are you know looking for that kind of uh, data security to be you know, required. 
Now, what would you say that breached organizations are currently overlooking the most when it comes to the consumers? Well, you know, for those businesses that kind of missed the message from Target, you know, where we saw consumers decrease their level of patronage, right? I mean, I was in a store the days after Christmas, and the place was practically empty. Um, so we really kind of bore out the data. If, you know, they missed the message that, you know, the C-suite is going to be held responsible. And, in fact, there were some investors calling for the board of directors to be replaced. For those businesses that missed that completely, you know, I can tell you from the research that you know, consumers will stop walking through your doors, you know, after they reach. They understand what it means to be a victim, um, and they're holding it against your organization, you know, when you are breached. But on top of that, you know, I would say that uh, consumers are looking to the federal government to enact um, some kind of legislation that's probably going to be going to affect your business. So if you are not on the right side of the issue here, if you're not engaged and involved with helping to shape that legislation and being part of the dialogue, then you may find yourself on the outside looking in when it's finally implemented. Al, did anything come through from the survey results in terms of responsibilities on behalf of the victims? Did they express what they would be willing to accept and what would be unacceptable to them? Well, you know, they did say when we asked them who they believe you know should be responsible for protecting you know their accounts. About a third, you know, 36% of the fraud victims, whether they were data breach victims or not, you know, believe that you know they have responsibility, or at least some degree of responsibility, for protecting their accounts from fraud. So it's not as though um, you know consumers are completely willing to say, you know, hey, if I do business with you, then you need to protect me no matter what, right? I mean, almost the same proportion. It's actually about one fourth of the fraud victims who suffered a data breach, and 36% of those who did not are also willing to say, I should be responsible for restoring funds, right? If money is stolen from me, then that can be on me. But that being said, you know, a far greater proportion, you know, looked to other organizations, you know, whether it be their payment card company or their bank or a business where they've been breached um, or defrauded to make them a whole as well. So, you know, there is some level of agreement to, you know, that they should be involved, but um, they're not willing to give businesses a complete pass. So last question for you. Tell me about the regional sure. differences you uncovered. You have four different regions you looked at here. What's unique? It's interesting in looking, and this kind of jives a bit, right, with our national data um, when we ask, uh, you know, how the information was misused. Uh, we know that the majority of the victims here, you know, suffered card fraud, and we find that to be the case in our national data as well. And what we also find, though, which is where the differences kind of get a little more interesting, is that while the majority of the fraud involves fraudulent purchases, right, uh, we saw slight differences in, um, or we saw differences in the channel by region. So to kind of give you an example, in Chicago, 43% of the fraud victims there had their information misused to make a uh, online purchase, right, as compared to 28% who had it used to make a fraudulent point of sale purchase. You move to Miami, right, uh, it's actually the point of, the fraudulent point of sale transactions which are higher as compared to the online purchases. And that kind of informs the messages that we're sending out there to each of these regions. I mean, we talked about Miami. I was just in Miami the other day, and, you know, part of, you know, my message was, hey, criminals are not only stealing this information from your businesses, you know, from local retailers, right, they are using it against those same businesses. So there needs to be some education among local businesses in the Miami area to understand that their data is at risk, as opposed to somewhere like Chicago, where the rate of 
misuse for uh, fraudulent card not present purchases is much higher, and that may not necessitate uh, so much of an education piece for local merchants, but rather maybe for local financial institutions, and that they you know, should be keeping a closer eye on their members and their customers' accounts whenever there is a uh, card not present transaction. And if it, in fact, it may behoove them to go back and take a second look at any fraud, especially that related to card not present for their customers and figure out exactly whether or not they're a bit behind the curve in protecting their customers from fraud. Al, great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Tom, anytime. The topic has been the Consumer Data Insecurity Report. I've been talking with Al Pasquale of Javelin Strategy and Research. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.